Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. everyone and welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. I'm Sarah and I'm joined by my co-host Helen. Hi everybody. And this podcast is here to help you navigate all the ins and outs, the ups and downs that we all experience day in, day out, every week with our <laughs> Squiggly Careers. I was actually thinking day in, day out because I, I felt like I'd had a really kind of successful, productive day and then my two-year-old toddler had his first like real meltdown oh, wow. uh, right before recording this podcast. So I was feeling smugly squiggly you know like oh I'm really making this work today has been really successful I've worked in different places I've got things done I focused on some things and then it all kind of went to pot in the last hour of the day so I was like that just teaches you doesn't it never to get complacent I'll tell you what my uh, my squiggly career low light today um, so <laughs> that's nice best. highlights and lowlights <laughs> highlights and lowlights. my low light today was that one of the things that's changed in squiggly careers is that we've got a lot more flexibility about where we work and how we work because technology has enabled that so today I was working from um, co-working type of space and it was in the country, which is all very lovely. However, the one bad thing about this place is that the phone signal's pretty awful. Oh, and no. I normally try and use like Zoom or Skype or something for my calls to get around that because signal's awful, but Wi-Fi's great. But this particular, the, one of the organisations I'm working with, it was a phone call the only spot I could find with even like a bar of signal on my phone was next to a bin that had <laughs> quite a lot of wasps around it and I've got a phobia oh, of you wasps. you have a real phobia of wasps, yeah. don't you? Do you know what? I started this call, I'm sure some people from this organisation might end up listening to this podcast, but I started this call today and I definitely talked for the first five minutes far too fast and just dominated the conversation I think because of nerves because of the wasps <laughs> I was like I, I'm just gonna say this really quickly me. and they probably thought gosh she talks well I mean, I do talk fast sorry everybody but I'm sure uh, they probably thought wow when is she gonna pause and let us speak but it was entirely because the wasps were causing some kind of adrenaline yes that was my squiggly career low light of the day Oh, and thank you to everybody um, for continuing to share your feedback. I'm really enjoying uh, meeting people who then tell me they listen and drop it into conversation and I don't know that they're listeners. Um, somebody told me last week that their treat for the week was to listen to us as they were doing some exercise and I was thinking, wow, the responsibility. If we are your treat, I really feel like we need to make sure that these podcasts are really good. Go, go, um, go. Is that what you say when someone's doing exercise? As someone yes. who does no exercise? Well, yeah, well, I guess. Um, and the other thing that somebody told me was that they listen in the car as they're taking their seven-year-old daughter to school. So their daughter like it's a growth mindset are. kind of boost it was almost like passing on a message to say hello and i, oh, was I like, wish wow. we knew her name hello <laughs> seven-year-old in the car i know and i was thinking like we're getting her on board with like growth mindset and squiggly yeah. careers really early like a really early advocate <laughs> and before we dive into today's topic which we're going to be talking about social impact at work something i think we're both really interested in and passionate about 
I wanted to share something that I heard on a different podcast, which it almost made me pause the podcast because I just thought, oh, that's a really brilliant articulation of the mindset that we all need in a squiggly career. So I was listening to uh, Mary Portas and her Work Like a Woman podcast, which is really good. Um, I'd recommend it. She gets really interesting guests and she's really great. I think I thought she might be a bit scary, <laughs> you know, because she's so confident and you, you always feel like, oh, it's almost like what you want to be, but you're probably not. But actually, when you listen to her, she's really into things like kindness and empathy and I just really like the way she engages with her guests. And she was interviewing somebody called Viz, Viv Grosskop. I hope I'm saying that right. And Viv is really fascinating because she used to be a writer and she's now a stand-up comedian. And she was talking about her career and the kind of real moment of clarity that I thought, particularly in the context of squiggly careers, is she says something along the lines of, everything is an experiment. If you like it, do more of it. If you don't, do something else. And I just thought, oh, that's this idea of everything mm. is an experiment. We always talk about having an exploring mindset. Start with what you can learn, what you can discover is your mentality. I just thought it was a kind of pithy way of approaching new ideas, new challenges, particularly maybe brave choices. I think she was talking about it in the context of going, she wants her kids to grow up thinking that they can try and do the things that they want to do. And then she sort of realized that maybe she wasn't doing that. And she mm. was like, right come on, everything's an experiment. I should kind of really go for this. And actually Viv does her own podcast that I've not listened to yet, which is called Own the Room. But I do know, I had a quick look because I subscribed today. I had a look at some of the guests and I know a couple of the people, so I know they'll be really great. And it's all about, I think, just finding your voice, having gravitas, but kind of doing it in, in your own way. And she's got a really interesting variety of guests. They're not just people who are about public speaking. I think she's got Mary Beard on there, a lady called Nicola Mendelssohn, who we both know, who's got a great job over at Facebook. So a good mix of people. So two new podcasts to maybe have a look at and <laughs> uh, one bit of insight. Best make so that commute a little bit longer so you can squeeze more in. Yeah, I know. I do. It's a bit like now, I find, discovering a new Netflix series. You know, when you discover a podcast where you're like, oh, this is really good. I know. I'm, I'm really into Chernobyl it. I get really That's, excited. Of, um, I'll be resuming yeah, Chernobyl just after, tonight's, uh, after tonight's podcast. Uh, I finished last night. Brilliant, but devastating is my oh, critic okay. review of that. <laughs> um, so let's talk about social impact at work. And it's not necessarily a phrase you hear bandied around a lot. Helen, perhaps let's start by talking a bit about like what we think that means and why we think it's important uh, in the context of squiggly careers. So, yeah, social impact and, and in terms of how we're going to talk about it, it's really about making a difference to society in some way through the work that we do. And we'll talk a lot more about that. It could be through you know, the organisation that you work for, work that you're doing in that organisation, maybe it's some kind of initiative. It could even be things you're doing outside of work, but it's that different society in some way through our work it does not have to mean saving the world so I think a lot of people think that it's you know their full-time job working for a charity and for people that do that amazing but there's actually a lot that we can all do to connect to social impact at work through elements of our jobs or elements of the organizations we work with or even side projects for example and it's often about making a connection between what you do into something bigger and more meaningful we're getting a little bit here into the territory of sort of the purpose and making a difference which are definitely if you read um any of the research on kind of what what drives happiness at work a lot of the variables identify that people saying that they are making a difference through their work or they're able to connect to a purpose is what helps people to feel happier at work in the context of the careers that we're in now so you know amazing if we call these squiggly careers 
careers where there's a lot more movement you know we talked about technology changing how we're working organizations moving at pace this squiggly nature of the careers that we're in there are a couple of reasons why in that context social impact at work is particularly important so for example we are now all working a lot longer in our careers who knows when we'll retire if actually Whatever we'll ever happens. retire when we get to that point. <laughs> I've sort of given up on it. Oh, I no. just think, oh, it's probably not going to happen. I wonder if that word would actually, not exist. I really enjoy work, so why would I be aiming f- to stop something that I really enjoy? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've got a special guest that I won't reveal just yet that we're going to be talking to, who is very inspirational on the podcast, who is definitely taking that attitude to life. So that's a little teaser there. So with that in mind will we ever retire and do we really need to actually it's important to know that the work that you do you enjoy and love and feel like you're making a difference given how long we are going to be working so that's one aspect of it another one is that actually the fact that organizations are now slightly more open about side projects they've become a bit more fashionable whether you call them side hustles or side projects or you're kind of multi-hyphening or whatever it is that you're doing actually um volunteering and side projects are definitely more accepted and there's more information about how you can start all of those and that gives you roots perhaps to do some social impact work outside of the main job that you might be doing so that's all great and the last thing in terms of why social impact is important in our careers is they can help you to stand out so we really want to focus on how we can build our strengths and that might help you to build strengths in different contexts for example but also how we can um, stand out in the workplace because people now are moving around organizations a lot more they're not kind of just sat in the same roles in the same companies and so people sort of want to know more about you and more about what makes you different and being able to talk to some of the work that you might be doing from a social impact perspective and, and what you've learned from it what you can bring to the organization for example that is one way that you can stand out and i actually had a really good conversation with the founder of a business called Mark Horazowski and the business he's founded is called Moving Worlds and he connected with me over email actually about um I do this daily career advice and he he connected with me about would it be relevant to share some stuff on social impact and I ended up having a phone conversation with him last week which was brilliant to hear all about Moving Worlds and Moving Worlds is an organization that connects people who want to do social impact projects as a part of their careers or as side projects or sabbaticals with opportunities across the world so almost like organizations who are looking for bright minds Ooh, and individuals I, do I know I, I was talking to Mark and I was like hmm this is very interesting but selfishly I would quite like to do a moving worlds project and I was like when are you coming to the UK and he was reeling off all these other countries that they're kind of doing host activity in and I think the UK's next year and I was like oh let me know Ooh. when you're here let me know when you're here he was talking about they've got loads of articles and, and we'll link to a lot of them in this um this week's podcast notes that we'll put on our website but lots of articles that they've done on like Forbes and Harvard Business Review which talks about the benefits of doing additional projects um, as part of your work that have a social impact agenda, both for organisations, for maybe the charities or whoever it might be that you're working with, and also for your own skills development. So they're definitely an organisation worth checking out. Who knows, Sarah and I may, may well do a moving worlds opportunity at some point in the future. So what we thought um, would be useful today, we're going to share briefly a couple of our stories in terms of social impact, what that's meant to us in our careers and how we've experienced it. So we'll talk about that quite quickly. And then we will go on to kind of three top tips all around how to discover social impact at work for yourself. So three things that you can do. And even within those three things, there's some really great questions to ask yourself. So basically, that's my disclaimer that it's really more than three things. But, you know, <laughs> everyone says you should do things in threes. So it is broadly three things with lots of sub things to uh, have a think about. <laughs> We've cheated. 
Exactly. So in terms of social impact for my own career, I was thinking about this because actually in the second half of my career, it's been almost like littered with lots of examples of work that I've done for myself and for organisations in terms of social impact. But actually, when I thought about the first five or six years of my career, I couldn't think of a single example of where I'd done anything that was connected to making that difference within society. I think part of that was I was probably quite selfish and self-contained at that point. I was probably just quite focused on learning what it meant to work, being in the world of work. And I would observe that I don't think that's the same in the kind of generation that I think are coming into the workforce now. And I think that's encouraging and positive. I think people are sharing their opinions, are caring about the world way beyond their own world much more readily and seriously. I now definitely really care about having a social impact that's very important to me, but it certainly wasn't. So I think I can almost split my career into two. And probably there was two really big tipping points for me. One was going to work for an organisation that took its values and social impact really seriously, which was Sainsbury's. Like loads of big organisations, Sainsbury's have values that you know you can find on their website. But Sainsbury's took those values really seriously and they were embedded in every aspect of how they worked, from how you were set objectives to how you prioritise things. And actually just the way of being, like the way of being in that organisation, it, it felt different to me. And I could feel how that was a good thing, a good thing for the people working there, a good thing for our customers. And actually, I went on to do a role at Sainsbury's, which was head of corporate responsibility. So I sort of probably (laughs) took the job that was the ultimate social impact job. And I could really see how big organisations can have impact at scale. And I think sometimes large organisations get really kind of hard deal in terms of people are really skeptical about them people sort of almost dismiss the impact that they have but having seen it firsthand somebody like Sainsbury's who donated around 60 million pounds it's probably more now to charity when I was certainly in that role you could really see how the benefits of you know the scale the number of people the amount of money could have such a huge impact on big programs or initiatives so that was amazing for me because I could see firsthand big wide scale change, whether that was things like getting kids active or helping people to waste less food. So that was amazing. And then almost simultaneously at the very opposite end of the spectrum, I started doing my own not-for-profit stuff where I was running a leadership initiative where the people who came on that program donated money to support young apprenticeships from very challenging backgrounds. So people who wouldn't have had the same advantages or opportunities for themselves. And almost those things coming together simultaneously were probably two of the best career decisions of my life Mm. because I just suddenly felt different. I think I just felt different about work, about feeling like I had a purpose that both mattered to me but mattered beyond me. I was really inspired by lots of the social entrepreneurs I was meeting, some of whom I'll talk about later because I've certainly drawn on their work for this podcast. And then I, I honestly don't think we would have Amazing If if I hadn't done those two things. Because I think that leadership initiative plus what I was seeing as part of my job in CR made me realise, oh, there's a there's something here that I'm really passionate about that I could make a difference to within society around making work better, about people really enjoying what they were doing, about how to be kind of successful at work today in kind of modern society. And actually so much so that we even considered with Amazing If being a charity Mm. or a social enterprise or a community um, interest partnership. We've actually thought quite a few times about, is that what we are? We're a limited company and that's what we've always been and that's what we still are. But we've had those conversations a few times. So 
for me, I think it's gone from probably being out of my consciousness completely to something being a little bit at the periphery, probably as I joined Sainsbury's. And it's got almost like closer and closer to the centre of my world to where now I just feel like it's kind of who I am and what I do. Yeah, and for me, if I almost start backwards, if I start at Amazing If, mm. when we got really clear about Amazing If was about making work better for everyone, and then that started sort of becoming a filter for what we did. So at the moment, Amazing If pays my salary, which is amazing because I get to you know spend my days thinking about how I make work better for everyone, and I can pay for my mortgage and my childcare and all that kind of stuff, which is great. But I've also got to the point where I say to myself, do you know what, if I can't pay my bills with Amazing If... I'll go and do a job somewhere else. Like, I'm not going to get another career. And we've talked um, probably before about um, Elizabeth Gilbert's thing about the different stages of work of, like, hobby, job, career and calling. And I now think that, like, Amazing Ifs, that's what I want to do. I want to work better for everyone. And if it doesn't pay the bills, I'll go and get a job that will. And I'll keep doing this because it's been so rewarding to find something that's fulfilling that I just want to do more of it. And if I reflect, if I kind of go back to front a little bit with my kind of pre, my pre-amazing if career, my corporate career, <laughs> when I was at Virgin, so I, similar to you, Sarah, I don't think in my early career I really thought about it and I haven't done it like a CSR job in any of the organisations that I have worked in. When I was at Virgin, we were building this business called Virgin Red and we were looking at the proposition and I was really inspired by Virgin at the centre works with the so Virgin Management Group is at the centre works with the Virgin organisations to help them to become more purpose driven. So a really good example would be like a business like Virgin Money, whose purpose statement was to make everybody better off. And oh, that, that's nice. it was really nice. And it was it was both a financial, you know, how can we help people be better off with money? But it was also more of a societal aspect to it yeah. as well and the team at the center used to work with virgin businesses to help them to get that clarity and when we were building the business virgin red the original kind of statement that we were working towards was about bringing better days to life and it and evolved to helping people to be more virgin because that was all appropriate for that business but what i noticed was that when you start with these kind of social impact statements and um intents of the things that you're doing it just helps you to really like get more creative it really helps you to open your thinking like if I think about how do we make work better for everyone I can think really really big if I think about how doing better days to life I think really big and I just find it it used to help my team get more creative it used to help them get more excited about the answers that they were coming up with and I think that's when it really works in organizations where you have something that people feel that they can contribute to and they're engaged in and it feels meaningful and they feel like they're having a personal impact on the opportunity for social impact. Yeah, and I think what's different, the moment of realisation when you know that you're having impact that's beyond yourself, is that when you identify a concern or an issue or an area that challenge that needs to be solved out in the world and it's not about you first it's about Mm. something outside of you it might still be relevant to you it might be something that you also need to personally solve it's almost I think some of this is like what's your starting point Mm. is your starting point you or is your starting point something out in the communities that we live in in the country we live in in the world that we live in and I think actually when you start to think that way and that's where you start, you then start to connect that with then, okay, so what can you contribute to that? So there are certain concerns the world has that I think are really critical, but I don't think I've got much contribution other than generally supporting them. Whereas actually when I think about making work better for everyone, I can then connect the things that I'm good at, the things that I can contribute with how to make that world better. I saw that in a couple of the references actually in terms of 
almost like starting outside in rather than inside out. And often, so often with what we talk about, we're talking about inside out. We're talking about self-reflection, thinking about yourself. And I think maybe this is an example where it's the other way around. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So let's move on to our three top tips. So this is all ways to start thinking about the impact that you're having. If this is something that you think is already you know is already important to you you're trying to get more of it in your life or actually you just want to think about it a bit deeper so if I maybe kick off um, and then we'll kind of chat each one through a little bit and as always we'll make sure all the resources are on on the website so the first top tip is about interrogating any business or opportunity because as we talked about some of these things could be side projects or volunteering that you're thinking about joining participating becoming part of to figure out what their values are and really importantly, whether they actually really believe in them. Mm -hmm. Because I do think this is very important. This has become generally the idea of kind of having a broader impact in the world is sort of almost a hygiene factor now, I think, for lots of organisations. They feel like they have to do it. And I once, and I won't name the company, but I, when I was in the CR job at Sainsbury's, I once got rang by a recruiter about a role where they basically said they didn't really care about CR particularly, but they knew that Sainsbury's were really good at it. So could I just go and do all the stuff I did in Sainsbury's for this company? Great. And I was like, probably not, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I mean, because quite soul-destroying. And they were like, oh, yeah, but it's you, you done a lot of money. And I was like, yes, but then I'd love to, like, cry myself to sleep every yeah. night. So, you know, um, I was then very interested to see who went to do that job. I was job. about to say that. Yeah, oh, I know, shit. I know. But they, that company and person will remain nameless because that's not fair. But I do think you've, when you see organisations talking about, you know, as Helen just described, a couple of virgin examples, yeah, I talked about kind of Sainsbury's, think about the questions that you can ask to understand how 
seriously and deeply and integral is that social purpose to the organisation. You know, what are the examples they can share with you about kind of how they bring that to life? How does that work for customers? How does that work for the people internally? One brilliant example, actually, I was thinking about who else does this really well, that a company that we've worked with but not for, is a company called Cook. And they do... I think of it as posh frozen foods. Um, I think they call it remarkable food they for do. your freezer, <laughs> yeah. which is, you know, the, probably the better articulation. And it's delicious. So first and foremost, it's just delicious food <laughs> that's food very delicious. convenient. And I'm, I'm a massive fan, so um, I can name all my favourite cook meals. But they are a company that have always put their values kind of at the heart of how they operate. There's something called a B Corporation. So that's a almost like a sustainability mark that you can get that's more popular in the US actually than it is in the UK at the moment, which indicates something about kind of how you're choosing to do business. So, you know, are you paying people things like London living wage? Are you almost a bit ahead in terms of some of your metrics around maybe being carbon neutral or whatever it might be? But I think you'd only need to talk to somebody from who worked for Cook for five minutes to understand mm. that that drives who they are, who they recruit, who they are as a business. And it's kind of no surprise to me that I think they've been in like the Sunday Times top manufacturer to work for. I think they maybe are the top now one. And I've met everybody from their chief executive to people working, you know, actually making their food, you know, making the pies that I love to eat, etc. And you can just <laughs> see it everywhere you go. It's like social impact integrity, isn't it? Yeah, got, yeah that's got, a good way of thinking about they've it. They've got bags of it. Yeah, and you can, you know, there's smart ways of finding these things out now. You can go on things like Glassdoor. Mm. I think you can try and talk to more than one person from that organisation, talk to people who've worked there before. Anything that you can do to just really get to grips with if something really matters to you, does it matter to them as much? If that's kind of if it's an organisation, if it's more of a volunteering group or a side project, I think those things are probably naturally a bit more evident because often those things come out of people having personal passions. But again, another cautionary tale with the charity stuff that I've done in the past, lots of volunteer stuff. So I've had lots of volunteers working with me. And I think I'd always assumed that every volunteer working with me shared in the same social purpose as me. It was all about the money that we were going to raise to kind of support these apprentices. And actually what I discovered is that some of the people volunteering were doing it for really different reasons. And it wasn't that those reasons were wrong, but it did then mean that sometimes we had challenges within our group because some people were doing it because they wanted to put it on their CV. Or some people were doing it because they wanted the networking opportunities. And again, it's not wrong, but if you're not, being explicit which we weren't that was definitely my kind of accountability about going oh this is a group of people who really believe in the social impact here that's our kind of primary motivator and then actually you could tell that sometimes those people would find it difficult because they'd be there for different reasons mm. so again it I think don't assume just because it's something that does good anyway because it's a charity or a volunteer group that everybody's there for exactly the same reason and our second tip is about making sure you find a good fit, a good fit for yourself and the opportunity, you know, as Sarah said, whether it's a volunteer side project or something that you're doing in an organisation, that it's a um, good use of your strengths, it's something you're really passionate about. And we've got four questions that we think can really help you if you're looking at different opportunities or even if you're trying to find a good one that might fit you. The first one, I mean, these are big questions, um, but the first <laughs> one is what type of work will give you a deep feeling of purpose and I think that is a really interesting question for you to reflect on about what's really meaningful to you and what really matters to you just question number one 
Question number two is to ask yourself what type of work makes me feel useful and will also build on your strengths. Feeling useful will be good for your motivation. Building on your strengths will help you to learn, grow and develop and it'll also um, increase the impact that you can offer to those other people. There's this lovely sweet spot where when the work that you might be doing maybe outside of your day job perhaps helps you to um, demonstrate your strengths, your existing strengths, but also to develop them because then you can then bring those enhanced strengths back into the job that you're doing and it becomes really really self-fulfilling this has been what's happened in my career I've been able to do like a job in a corporate which has been in marketing work that I've done outside of the corporate whether it was you know last year I co-launched a network called the new work which is all about accelerating flexible working and that then helped me in my job at Microsoft it helped me in my job at Amazing If so it becomes so mutually beneficial when you get those things right The third question is to think about what type of setting or culture, um, that might be the team or organisation, will let you choose the way that you work best. And that might be thinking about the times of day you work or the way you maybe want to work remotely, or maybe you work much better in high energy collaborative teams, or maybe you work much better with research questioning people. But having that insight about the environments in which you work best can mean that you'll be sort of happier when you're choosing the um, social impact work projects initiatives that kind of match that and the last one is a very specific amazing if question that we think can really help to open your thinking and get a bit more explory or experimenty as Sarah talked about earlier about this and it's to answer this question for yourself it's more of a maybe a thought provoker for you but if you were to answer the question wouldn't it be amazing if dot 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 and what you answered that question is with what you'd like to change about the world so I'll give you an example I mentioned the new work for example my answer to that question was wouldn't it be amazing if I could accelerate the adoption of flexible work that was my my wouldn't be amazing if statement and that then led to conversations about okay well how would that happen how could we bring people into a room who might already be doing that to share the information and etc etc so wouldn't it be amazing if dot 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 and then follow that with the change you want to see in the world and in your answers to those four questions which we will put on the website because I appreciate you might not be writing this down as you're sat in a car driving your seven-year-old daughter around. But we'll put them on the website so you can get those. In those questions, you'll hopefully get some insights into what different types of work or projects from a social impact perspective might be a really good fit for you. And I think if this is new to you or you're thinking about this for the first time or starting to feel like this might be important to you, watch the mission mindset video from the school of life that we'll put in the resources i watched it again today and it's a really short kind of about four minute pricey in terms of just how to frame and think about having a mission having a purpose making a difference to the world and they were the ones that kind of really prompted my thinking around starting with what others need rather than with what you need which sometimes feels counterintuitive to like I say lots of the development stuff we do but I think that can be useful as you're starting to kind of think this through a bit more so that's a good video if you're in the I'm just at the start of my journey phase and then tip number three is to find your tribe and you hear this advice um, in a number of different contexts but I think within social impact it's particularly powerful. I think probably when I did that CR job when I did the first kind of leadership not-for-profit stuff I started to find my tribe. I think if you can find other people who are interested in solving the same social challenges as you, it will boost 
everything that you're trying to do. It will boost your motivation, your energy, your ideas. It could be something you're volunteering for. It might be your main job, which is which is brilliant. I don't think you always have to look elsewhere. If, if your mm-hmm. job can give you this, that's great. And I don't think people should feel pressure to have to do extra stuff. But I do think starting to just discover people with the same kind of mindset and mentality it just gives you often these little doses of inspiration even if you've not started to take action yet I've actually just become part of um, a Facebook group called the Happy Startup School run by somebody who actually I met at Sainsbury's so probably no coincidence when I was doing the CR job again Mm -hmm. probably no coincidence guy called Lawrence um, who set it up I think a little while ago now Mm. and I've not actually been to any of the Happy Startup School sessions yet they were in various different boot camps but it's definitely something I'm interested in and I can see within that community other people who are a bit like me, interested in the same things, probably all want to make an impact in the world. Just even seeing being part of those conversations, you see how supportive it is. People all really trying to do good within their sphere of influence. Well, so like again, do lectures, we both want to yeah, be like, yeah, do, do lectures for a similar community. So I think you can almost find your tribe, but also I think I simultaneously have my eye on a few tribes, which sounds <laughs> a bit like, your tribe. <laughs> it's a bit like I'm coming, I'm coming for you, um, which is not as scary as it sounds, but it's more going, oh, that, that's a tribe I'd like to be part of. And you might just not have the capacity at the moment or the right opportunity might not have presented itself. But I think I often do have a couple where I'm thinking, oh, at some point I would like to be active in that group or in that world and at the right time and at the right place. But just being open to finding those people. And, you know, when you find someone who you feel like is part of your tribe, ask for recommendations, ask for where else they hang out, because you just never know kind of what might come your way. I wanted to share some wise words from a guy called Jack Graham. So Jack is an incredible social entrepreneur. He's the founder of something called Year Here, which is where you go and spend a year essentially making an impact in the world in an incredible all about kind of social enterprise with a brilliant faculty of people and he's created all this himself over I think it's um, been around for like at least five years now probably longer than that I'm probably doing it kind of a disservice and some brilliant businesses are formed from that and this is kind of a very early stage and he does some really good writing on Medium the blog platform so you can follow him on there and see his kind of musings and he's just done talking about sabbaticals he's just done a sabbatical to Mexico which I'm very jealous about so he's it's quite a good time to follow him because he's obviously had a bit of space to like write down some of his (laughs) thinking and he just said this when you're considering your next move look beyond the grandiose world-changing difference-making language of your potential future employer don't believe the hype instead think deeply and critically about your potential for real positive lasting impact in this world of ours Find a purpose that will get you out of bed in the morning and let you sleep easy at night. And I just thought, oh, when I read that, I was like, actually, I really liked the kind of almost simultaneous inspiration and realism of what, what he was saying. I was like, oh, it's not often that we would kind of read something out like that. But I think it's a very good sentiment for kind of what we're trying to talk to people about today. I love that last statement about the purpose that gets you out of bed in the morning and lets you sleep easy at night. And that's hard to achieve but very very powerful when you find it yeah so that is it for this week's podcast hopefully we might have inspired you if you've got other ideas about how people can have social impact at work or maybe you've got a story about it please do share it with us we will find a way to get this out to our community whether it is um on instagram or twitter or wherever we can we'd love to share some of your stories as well so you can just send those to us at get in touch at amazing if.com if you've got any other links and things that you think we should be pointing people to let us know 
all the links that we have talked about and a few others as well they'll be over on amazingif.com potentially on our brand new shiny website which i hope will be live by the time this goes out Ooh, so that's, that's new news that's i know exciting. i know that should be live by then so that um that should be a bit easier for you to navigate all of our blog posts and all the podcast posts as well with all the links in for people and for people that email us and say helen we are missing a podcast post i know i'm on it and i'm, <laughs> I'm trying to catch up but it's got a new website to get away a little bit so anyway they will all be out there on amazingif.com and next week we've got another guest podcast this is a podcast that we recorded a little while ago now actually about um probably about two months ago when we managed to get an interview with an mp called tracy crouch and tracy crouch is really interesting she was the first minister for loneliness in the uk the brand new created role and she just talks about how that role came about. It's a really, really powerful story about the murder of Joe Cox, the politician. It came out of a lot of the work that she was already doing and had been championing for a long time. And Tracy really picked that work up and took that forward in becoming the first loneliness minister for the UK. And we've covered loneliness before as a really important issue to be addressed at work because there are reduced feelings of belonging. And she talks about the loneliness strategy that was created. But also, I got into what it's like to be an MP and also to be interesting yeah i know i know i I don't want to detract from what the title of the podcast is and everything we cover because there's important stuff covered but she also talked about what the life of an mp is like of the hours that they work the some of the challenges some of the stresses and like being a woman and an mp and very relevant as well really this week yeah conversation i've never had before so um have a listen to that one if you'd like to get a bit of an insight into the life of an mp but also understanding what works being done on loneliness and what action we can take for loneliness in the workplace so as always thank you so much for listening to everyone who rates reviews shares us recommends us and we couldn't be more grateful we love reading them all and we love the fact that we're growing little by little um (laughs) week by week as we continue on with these podcasts thanks again have a really good week and we'll speak to you again soon bye for now bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.